Beyond, and hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Dorbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, episode 629 of IGN's weekly PlayStation show. And boy, howdy, do we have some breaking news to talk to you about, as well as some sort of, but not really, but kind of PlayStation 5 news. Uh, joining me this week for episode 629 is Max Scoville. How did do? How did do, partner? <laughs> Don't know where that came from. It's fine. It's the middle of the afternoon. Lucy O'Brien is also hello. here. Hello. Welcome back, Lucy. Thank you. It's good to be back. It's good to have you here. And Brian Altano. Yippee-ki-yay. <laughs> This is a Western-themed one because we will have some Red Dead Redemption-related news coming up later in the show. Very tangential. Yes. Uh, but before we get there, first wanted to read a comment of the week. This comes from last week's episode about the werewolves. Uh, but, of course, we also talked about Bloodborne because that's what we talk about every week on the show. Which has werewolves, lots of them. I'll find out maybe someday. Uh, Carnage Incarnate, during the episode that uh, they were watching on YouTube, wrote, can Max and Brian please do a Bloodborne full Let's Play? And then edited that comment to say, edit, no. Max, Brian, and Jonathan playing Bloodborne in a full prepare-to-try style setup. And I think, given the love of Bloodborne from the three of you and my interest in maybe finally cracking that nut, if you want to see something like that, let us know. Yes. I'm just going to point out that I have not personally finished the game in its entirety by myself in my free time for fun so to do a full let's play on the schedules of two other lot. people is just kind of an undertaking but, but just putting that out there i'm i'm, I'm very just, very very keen and i'm especially very keen to usher you through the first 20 minutes which i think possibly took me around five hours to Perfect. actually get through great so uh i will point out i just whooped that game's ass in six days flat <laughs> and i'm on a new game plus and crushing through the dlc on a harder difficulty we'll level there. right now we'll so get i'm there. ready to mentor you and i want to play bloodborne and get paid by work to do You've it given up on me i'm like i did it i beat the no horse and you're like that's that's nice i need a new, <laughs> a new um so if you want to see that comment on this episode i beat now. the horse <laughs> we'll, we'll get to the horse. He's a wet horse. He's half the blood horse. Uh, Also, before we get in, uh, obviously, we can't speak to it because we didn't uh, have this coverage firsthand. But again, I want to shout out this week, if you haven't yet seen it since the game launches next week, next Friday, the February 14th, uh, on IGN.com and YouTube.com slash IGN, the UK team of IGN did some amazing more preview stuff, including a look at Dreams's campaign mode, which we've heard about a bit before. Uh, but they got an in-depth look, and we have some gameplay up of what that campaign actually looks like now as the game is coming to its final release. And we also debuted the news uh, that Media Molecule shared that early access owners who have Dreams currently can jump into the game early. It officially releases on February 14th, but if you bought the early access version, you can start playing on February 11th, so you don't have to cancel your Valentine's Day plans to watch the Sonic movie. I like how like early access owners are like they're making remaking Metal Gear Solid in there and they're like but great news you can check out the full game it's like they're already doing it they're, they're doing quite there. a lot yeah but they'll be able to play does, that campaign early does early access like still function currently yeah people are still making stuff okay. all the time so that would the, be, that'd be messed up if they were like early access is over you cannot play it until it is out <laughs> but you can play it early even though you're already playing it it's like, it'd be a little confusing yeah basically it'll just be the that full version there's sort of a creator's patch update that will go up um, I, I really love mode. how uh, just sort of creative and sh and 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 I, 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 like selfless all of this is yeah in that like most early access games are like you greedily get to play six hours of a game by yourself with the lights out which is what i try to do right but this is like if they get there early they're going to make a bunch of stuff that we're all going to get to experience on day one and i i love that community for that yeah yeah once again shout out to the dreams community for being i think 
the video game community of the year. I'm just going to call them that right yeah, now. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Um, you're competing with in. some truly toxic but ones. Maybe the but decade. But you're kicking ass, yeah. seriously. Given that really the game's good. been in production for a decade, that would be accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we've got some, like, we're spinning out some good content around dreams. Like, yes. I'm very excited for what we're doing internally as well. Like, there's so much that you can do with that game. Yeah, and we'll definitely be talking about it more, especially next launch week and in the weeks to come after that, uh, to the team making Pig Detective and Pig Detective 2. Yes, or is it Frog Detective? No, I can't it's remember. Pig it's Pig, it's Pig Detective. Detective. Thank you. It's been a long week. It's a only Prawn's Tuesday. Journey. I just threw that idea out there. Oh, like, I like that. Make that okay. in dreams, right? Let us know. Um, Dude, please don't support Frog Detective. That is Frog um, Detective. That, is a, that was actually, I think that was knockoff. an Ouya game. That, really? I, I would believe yeah, that. Yeah, pretty sure. Um, before we move off the dreams uh, discussion, though, I do want to show, and maybe this will work. I don't know, Red. I'm going to the laptop for a second. Uh, I just want to show Dan Cool, who we've shouted out from the Facebook Beyond group. He made the banner this week uh, for Dream. He made the banner in Dreams for the Facebook group, uh, this futuristic sci-fi setting. It has the Dornbush Tavern, Delayed Ink, and says Beyond on there. It looks awesome. He made this himself again. Check out Dan's work in Dreams. Uh, we debuted his PS5 concept and everything. It's pretty mm. awesome. That's great. Uh, but from there, I thought we could move on. There's a bit we should talk about. Actually, news-wise, the first thing I want to talk about is, naturally, of course, this happened the day after we recorded this episode, but last week, uh, PlayStation announced, and I believe they're available now, the PlayStation Plus games for February, which includes Bioshock the Collection, so you get Bioshock 1, 2, Infinite, and all of their DLC. Uh, in addition to that, The Sims 4 is available as a free PlayStation Plus game, and Firewall Zero Hour, which is a PSVR exclusive, uh, you can also download for free as part of PlayStation Plus. Uh, uh, and part of that, the new season of Firewall, they do, you know, multiplayer games have seasons now these days. It's wild, the internet. Uh, their new season kicks off this month. So if you're jumping in, it's a pretty good fresh starting point to jump into that game. Um, uh, Firewall's super fun. Yes. Um, yeah. Also, the guys making it are, and girls are phenomenal people. I've, yes. I've, I've got to meet, meet with them and work with them a couple times. And they're just, they're, they super, super care about VR. Like, this is not just, like, a team of people that were just like, let's make a half-ass thing on a platform so we can make some money. Like, these people legit care about VR. Yeah. It's amazing that they make a game because you have to actually get out of VR to make a game. <laughs> and they did that. I think uh, otherwise they would like to live there. But yeah. you can really tell as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, the, that's the difference. The support that uh, First Contact Entertainment, the developers, have been giving to Firewall since its launch has been really awesome to see. And I think it is one of the most tense, fun PSVR experiences I've had. Max and I previewed it before the game came out, and then I've played a bit since. And it's a really, really great adaptation of a standard, you know, multiplayer, first-person shooter deathmatch, but in VR without yep. sacrificing that experience. Um, so play those games. Bioshock, obviously, if you haven't played those games. We talked about I, it last I week. I never played Minerva's Den, so I'm really excited to play that. I, it, I heard from for ages that it's the best DLC ever made. I'm a huge Bioshock fan, and I've never played it either. I like so to think that go we, uh, to with, by the same bad magic that we used to accidentally jinx Cyberpunk to being delayed, we also got the Bioshock collection on PlayStation <laughs> yeah. Plus by, by mentioning Bioshock. So well, that's a cold comfort. <laughs> I haven't actually played the original Bioshock since it came out, so I'm interested to see if it still feels as good as it did, does in my Memory. It's gotten way worse down there. It's real oh, no. wet. The, all those people doing bad New Year's Eve stuff. How are the horses? They, they, they never got them down. They only oh, seahorses down there, my friend. So the thing is, I really like Bioshock 2. I mean, I love the first one, but I really like Bioshock 2. Um, 2 is better than I think history likes to pretend. Yeah, and so the thing is with that is at the time, it felt too samey. But we haven't had a new Bioshock game in so long that I think revisiting it or playing it for the first time, uh, it's going to reveal that there's a lot of cool stuff going on yeah. there. There's a lot of really good art direction, a lot of great character designs. Yeah, there's some great gameplay. Um, there's multiple endings to that game, and some of them are like 
awesome. Yeah. So yeah, give that one a shot. Yeah, that trilogy. Obviously, there's we're a little bit away from some of the biggest uh, game releases of this year. The Bioshock Collection and The Sims and Firewall are pretty great ways to start this year. And with Firewall being part of the PS Plus lineup this month, I just want to say, Sony, please, please include a PSVR game every month for yes. PlayStation Plus. It is such an easy way to get people into wanting a PSVR if they don't own one and giving PSVR owners a, con- a reason to continue. We, we've we been pretty vocal on the show when we don't like PlayStation Plus's offerings of the month. Uh, and I want to go on record and say that this month kicks ass. Yeah. And good job, Sony. And more like this, please. This is a great month. Yeah, absolutely. There, That's our official recommendation. <laughs> uh, moving off of that, I did want to mention... Don't screw up. <laughs> uh, We're watching you. <laughs> I did want to mention briefly, especially to get your input on it, Lucy, mm-hmm. the uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake trailer that came out last Last week mm. uh, after we recorded the show uh, we did for reference there is a huge deep dive on IGN.com that uh, Tom Marks, Bo Moore, a bunch of people on staff contributed to picking out every small little detail because this is a like packed four or five minute trailer. It yeah. is not a small look at this game. Yeah. And you as someone who I know you love Red 13. Love Red 13. So how did you feel about seeing Red 13? I loved seeing Red 13. Uh, I really really liked the trailer. I've, I, there were a few people sort of tweeting at me um, saying that they thought the voice acting was a bit bleh, and it's like I get that I do get that it, it is a little jarring um, but for me it, the, the voice acting that they've got fits very very perfectly in that world and that trailer like listen it was a little camp it was a little it was a little <laughs> gay like and I you know it's it's not that I I'm not saying it was it was it was homosexual it was just that it had a camp tone to it I mean of mm-hmm. course they were showing the bit where where cloud has to cross dress and, and all of that sort of stuff and it's like um it, it had a it's got a kind of frivolous mood to it uh, as well as showing off some of the more you know exciting uh, combat and stuff like that but like I really liked that they showed the sort of light side to Final Fantasy 7 because it is kind of a bizarre game at times it's a very bizarre game at times and and I think people people have forgotten that as time has gone on yeah and it is it is it is weird and the voice acting is going to be a little bit heightened and 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 odd and I really like that I'm really mm-hmm. excited for it I, I feel like the tone is right I would have been I would have been a little disappointed if they got rid of all that crazy stupid ridiculous stuff and just made it very gritty so we're talking about uh the Mulan movie the live action one that's coming out right where they got rid of the musical numbers and the talking dragon <laughs> and I feel like for a second it was kind of looking at the FF7 stuff and I'm like well they certainly made it realistic and serious and took out the, the anime side of it but then they're like, no, just kidding. Here's the yellow animal chickens that ride around on the other big chick or the little, you know, the moogles on the chocobos and whatnot. Yeah. The talking yeah. dog and the, your, you know, I think you could have a wizard boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I think you'd have a game that's like, that's tonally dark and has moments where there's despair and there's heartbreak, but there's, it's also a nineties sort of like campy fun video game. Um, I'm actually have no problem with any of that at all. Like I watching that and seeing the voice acting, like turned up a little mm-hmm. bit. I was like, yeah, this, this is actually, I'm more enticed by this than I am. If this was just like 90 hours of just like wet sadness, serious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and of course there is, that. there is that, um, there is that other side to it too, but it, it is it is a game of extremes. It's a game where you've got you know a very melancholy, menacing, beautiful villain, and you've also got like mini games that you play inside a theme park, you know, and chocobo racing and all that sort of stuff. And it's 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 so it's it's a it's a game of contrast, and I'm really excited to see that they're leaning into that. Right. Yeah. This trailer really felt like sort of leaning into those extremes. Like this felt excessive, but in a way that made me as someone who hasn't really 
delved into FF7 Beyond characters in Kingdom Hearts. Like this made me interested in playing this game a lot more. There's that there's that uh, thing we see a lot in like the fine art world where they go to sort of like uh, refinish or restructure or just resurrect a painting that's been eroded through time, and then you get that like weird chimpanzee face man and like a bunch of other stuff. Like it, that happens, right? There were there were moments in the Shadow of the Colossus HD remake where people were kind of like, oh, you guys went. You went too detailed, and this went too far. And I don't really feel like that's happening here based on, like, the original character models and watching them scale up and the voice acting watching them scale up. I'm, I'm like, poking around in FF7 now, the original one, because I got it for, like, seven or eight bucks on Switch. And I'll play, like, an hour here and there, and I'm, I'm sort of, like, watching, getting to certain parts of that and then seeing little parts of that in the trailer. I'm, I'm like, oh, they're scaling this properly. Yeah. You know, and there's definitely ways to screw that up, right? Um, and I don't think... That's what they're doing. Yeah, it could have yeah. gone very Deviantati, and it didn't. Yes. yes, yeah. It it seems to be straddling that line very well. Mm. And I'm excited to see the full experience uh, in April. We're pretty close to that. It's a PS4 exclusive for a year. So, yeah, we'll be talking about that game plenty uh, as we go further into the year. Switching uh, to a totally different franchise and developer and publisher, uh, we wanted to mention some breaking news that happened just before, literally like a minute before we got into the show, which is that uh, Dan Hauser from Rockstar will officially be leaving. Uh, Take-Two Interactive announced as part of their uh, disclosures for their quarterly earnings. Uh, Dan Hauser, Vice President Creative at Rockstar Games, will be leaving the company on March 11th of this year. Uh, their statement continued on to say we're extremely grateful for his contributions, etc. Uh, it made no mention of... Are they brothers? Yeah. Okay, his brother, uh, whose name I'm forgetting. Sam. Sam. Sam, thank you. I, was, I had it down, and then as soon as we started <laughs> the show, I forgot it. Uh, no mention of Sam's uh, continuation or also leaving, but uh, my assumption is he'll probably be taking the figurehead position for now until they figure out a different way forward for the studio. But uh, wh- what do you all think of such a ma- major figure from Rockstar leaving? Uh, Dan's been heavily involved in the GTA series, Red Dead, uh, all of the, some of their smaller series as well. Um, I think ultimately, like, I'm not super surprised. It's, it's big news for sure, but um, from my understanding of the way that the Hauser brothers work is they kind of... They have to say yes or no to everything. Like, that's the way that they work from a top level. Everything is ultimately approved by the Hauser brothers uh, from, you know, the littlest piece of marketing to, to huge, you know, gameplay changes. Uh, and I can only imagine that you would eventually have enough. You'd yeah. just be, okay, you know, I actually need to take my – fingers and toes and elbows out of all of these pies and actually step away and and do something different because uh i mean again this is just speculation on my part but it's just it i don't think that's necessarily sustainable yeah no totally and it's also um the project lead times on the stuff that rockstar does is you know five to ten years these have long tail like long shelf lives forever they become some of the best-selling games of all time but it feels like we're years and years away from a GTA 6 and they're probably looking at this being or he's looking at this being like do I want to get on board for like a whole nother half a decade cycle or I do, do I want to leave on top like we saw the MPD stuff come in and like two of the best selling games of last year were Rockstar games yeah Red like, Dead has been the best selling game of the last four years I believe they yep. said and GTA 5 is the best selling game of the last decade yeah so um, one so. of the th- what, three or four best selling games of all time yeah not including like pack-in stuff that came with every system like you know 
Tetris and Wii Sports and stuff, um, that's a good place to leave. Like that's not that's not him being like, oh, I'm going to stick around for two or three more Call of Duties with this annualized cycle franchise. It's him being like, I'm leaving after like we've made some of the biggest and most important and most financially successful open world video games of all time. Yeah, and again, this is just speculation. There may be a million reasons why, why he chose to leave, but uh, just written down on paper, it makes a huge amount of sense to me. Uh, do we think this will at all change how Rockstar operates going forward? Obviously, we don't know the exact inner workings of everything at Rockstar. But in the, I don't think we know any inner workings of anything at Rockstar. Well, I, I mean, based on reports and the things that like Lucy was alluding to of the two of them being very hands-on and involved. And obviously, right. like, th- they were writers on a lot of these games. They were heavily involved in the creative aspects of these games. It's assuming Sam takes on most of the responsibility leading the company, do we think we'll see... Any sort of change in the way they operate? I doubt we'll suddenly see leadership by committee. Yeah. I think it will, especially if Sam sticks around, yeah. I think will someone else will, will step in, into Dan's spot. That's, that's how I would imagine it would work. Uh, just because Rockstar has never been a company, it's, it's very, it keeps those yeah. two at the top and everyone else is under them. The secret third Hauser brother steps in for him. Like the third. <laughs> the Hauser. Hugo. Of, yeah. yeah. Bart Simpson. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as we know, we really don't know what the implications of this will be for Rockstar going forward. Uh, obviously, we'll keep up to date. I believe we reached out to Rockstar and they had no additional comment on the story so far. So we'll wait to hear if there's anything more. Uh, but as we go into a new generation, they're pretty quiet. Obviously, they're coming off, like you were saying, the success of Red Dead and GTA Five. Whether that's GTA 6 or, hey, GTA 5 is coming to PS5 and Series X. We'll see what they want to do. Yeah, I mean, we had heard rumors of, like, GTA 5 story DLC for a while, but then online took off to a point of no return. And I was worried for a second there that we would never get a a sort of big narrative thing from them again. And then they shipped Red Dead, which has, like, a 30-hour, 40, 50-hour story or whatever, depending on how many, you know old houses you want to poke around in. <laughs> uh, and so I'm confident that there will be a full-fledged story for, for GTA 6. Um, just thinking about what that could be like on Next Gen is incredibly exciting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but also just like, again, just going back to a leadership sort of uh, thinking, uh, Rockstar's whole thing is is quality over quantity. Yeah. and And regardless of whether its employees uh, think that, the, the way it's it's led works for them. I I can't say. I don't know. Um, we can as as consumers, we can safely say that it does work for us. Sure. <laughs> the yeah. games that they have shipped have been universally just masterpieces of quality. Yeah. Um, Especially this generation, it, it's been the longest gap I think between Rockstar games in general because they did develop smaller games like table tennis and even bully to a certain extent, but. They're, That's strange anomaly. Yeah, table tennis. Uh, but no, they shipped they shipped one game this generation, yep. which is completely undermining all the work they've done. Of course, GTA yeah. Online has enough put into it on an annual basis to be five other games. And now they're updating Red Dead Online constantly right. as well. So yeah, right. it's, it's not as if those teams are quiet in between now. Mm-hmm. Their flagship releases have taken on a different form, but obviously not to any sort of failure. I guess my takeaway from this is that GTA Six, I feel like, is further away than we might have expected, which is, I mean, we're kind of assuming that it's pretty far off anyway. Um, the thing I've always sort of heard about Rockstar, it's all its all kind of whispers and rumors because they are like notoriously kind of like closed doors and very, very cryptic about stuff. But uh, I've heard that they've always done a really good job of keeping the same teams involved with each individual project, which is sort of how you maintain that level of quality. Uh, and I can't help but wonder if given how many, how many of the games that Dan Hauser has been attached to, uh, if he just... 
maybe it was just kind of like, okay, this is this is in good hands. Like everyone I've worked with is is kind of if enough people have have been around you know around the block a few times yeah. that he's like, okay, here's a you know maybe even here's a treatment for GTA Six. Like here's here's a good direction to go with. Just this. a couple of light scribbles yeah. on a napkin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cars? Question mark. <laughs> Cops crime well bad yeah <laughs> uh, but i don't know like I, I i'm i i really you know i want to see more single player stuff and i know that you know i think you know red dead 2 was a was a kind of example of that but it's also like that's that's it's hard to not call that a magnum opus you know especially for if dan's like oh yeah one one last one one last job <laughs> one last hurrah and then i'm riding off into the sunset partner yeah and then i don't know does you know does the new team take over does his you know does his brother pick up the reins so to speak yeah, stop doing that. Giddy up and yeehaw, buckaroos. <laughs> it's, it's technically my fault. I opened the show that way. Uh, I do want to ask quickly because I just yeah, it came to me as a thought because um, I made the joke about GTA Five being ported to maybe to next gen before GTA Six comes out. Do we assume or do we think they might bring GTA Online to next gen consoles with GTA Five, or would they do it on its own because of how successful GTA Online is? I mean, I think that's the question for so many ongoing games, right? Yeah. Like, what do they do about next gen? What do they do about next gen? Like, yeah. there, there's a massive question mark over that right now. Yeah. Uh, do they just rely on their already massive player base to just keep playing? Right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, we've been talking, we've been theorizing about this for a while ever since we got the sort of cryptic quote about backwards compatibility from Sony. But I'll say it again. Um, if Sony decides that all of their PlayStation exclusives from PS4 just work perfectly fine on PS5, that's great. Great news. But I think I, a lot of third parties are going to be like, that's cool, but how do we make sixty new dollars? Yeah, like how do I get sixty new dollars out of some guy who will totally give it to me? Costumes, because I bought a costume in Fortnite this week that looks like a Megazord, and it was well worth it. Like it actually yeah. looks like an official Megazord, or no? Like, it's like, a knockoff Megazord. Boot yeah. Megazord. Okay. It's like a a bear head. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not bad. I bought I bought I bought Jordan ones in Fortnite. This is where we are. Yeah. You know, this is a dark timeline. Anyway, moving on from that, I uh, did want to get back to PlayStation-focused only news. Uh, small thing first to bring up. Uh, unsurprisingly, The Last of Us Part Two got an M rating. What? I don't think any of us are shocked that it's well, not E10. Be spending my money on that. Fair enough. Family-friendly gamer only. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, M for nudity and drug use. What? Yeah. So this is, this is actually this is Shocked. Joel's whole shoulder. naked drug use. You could naked burn yourself. Sorry, just to we. I think we we started writing this down before we dug into this further. But this is actually old news. I don't know if yeah, there was like a, little a, bit a new posting th- that went their, on the ESRB Their site. website updated because there's actually not even an ESRB listing properly for it. Mm. But the, the Naughty Dog website now lists what got it, the M rating. Oh, okay. You so it's now, nudity was, and drug use. Yeah. You can now a, see both cheeks of the butt. That, that was actually at the top of the release date trailer, which also had a yeah. – It had the disembowelment and it had like a butt naked clicker in it. So they kind of already shown us this. Yeah. We're all speculating what kind of drug use – yeah. Cigarettes. Well, for anyone concerned that it might be banned in Australia, uh, it probably won't be because drug use is very specifically when it, uh, people developers make drugs a reward in the game. Uh-huh. Oh. So it's very it's very because str- a lot of people are like, oh, drug use. Oh God, it's going to be banned in Australia. No, it's not going to be banned in Australia unless like Ellie, you know, shoots up heroin and you get ten XP or something. Gotcha. Oh. So like kill twenty clickers. Here's a cigarette. Yeah. But if she has like a really hard day, which she definitely will. 
and she smokes some a little of the the devil's lettuce at the end of the night. Isn't that technically a, a reward? I think I think that's uh, you get some artistic license in that. Okay, regard. that's a narrative yeah. reward. What, not so, it's a narrative reward. Yeah. yeah. Was an exa- what's an example of a game that got banned in Australia because of drugs or a reward? I'm totally not going to think of three. one. Um, Fallout Three. <laughs> that makes sense. There were like, uh, p- please, please tweet at me because my brain is this, suddenly suddenly frozen. But there are plenty of games like where you get drugs. And like it makes you go faster, and then you're like, it's like GTA Five. You can smoke peyote or whatever, eat it. I don't know how you shoot it up. I don't do peyote, sorry. (laughs) Um, And become like an animal, which is a reward. See, I think I think I think from from my understanding, Rockstar are very good at and and. Ooh, little sidestep, yeah. little sidestep around these uh, these particular issues, um, but the, but there are a few games that yeah you do get like sort of it is very heavily implied that it, that it's a drug like not a power up oh. right uh, and therefore they always struggle when it comes to the Australian ratings ratings board yeah interesting mm-hmm. it is interesting well we'll have to find that. out in May whether or not you can play The Last of Us in Australia if you're listening I think it's gonna be reefer. I had a hunch Ooh. ever since I saw that acoustic guitar in that first that yeah. first trailer. Those two do go hand in hand. That's so that's folk <laughs> music, my friend. They're gonna do a doobie. Yep. <laughs> that's a gateway drug. Is at every mm-hmm. party it's like a joint, and then the acoustic guitar materializes out of thing. Someone plays Wonderwall. Hot, yep, my friend. All of my uh, roommates uh, in college only played Wonderwall and Creep. That was it. Really? Yeah, that's that's yeah. the that's a universal experience. Yeah. Okay, I just comes with a guitar sure. for free. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna get a lot just of comments asking us to get back to talking about games where people get murdered and not talking about this weed stuff. Well, let's get back to talking about games. Uh, importantly, I wanted to bring up as uh, our wonderful Brian Altano put it on the uh, run of show. Uh, the PlayStation event on February fifteenth has been announced. Can't wait. Uh, there is a major next gen reveal from PlayStation. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you may have seen going around, there was a weird attempt at uh, fooling us into believing a PlayStation February event was happening from an account that was missing the I, the T was just a capital I or something yep. like that, or if the you, L was an I. If you live in the Bay Area, you might have heard a loud clap followed by a whoop, and then uh, one of my coworkers telling me I was wrong, that I fell for a prank and a goof on a fake Twitter website. So f you, <laughs> play Staten. Uh, but play no, Staten. I play Staten. I bring this up, and Ryan, you put this on the show because we don't want to talk about like, especially in a console year, there will be nonstop rumors and attempts to trick you. I mean, there's and literally an election year. Yeah, <laughs> just throwing that out there. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, what if we decided the PlayStation by a, a coin toss? But anyway, um, topical. Yeah, I think. Like, more than ever, be careful when you're looking around online. Uh, one of my favorite things to now do every day is I go onto the subreddit gaming leaks and rumors. Um, because just to see what people are one trying to pass off and right. some of the things that like sound sort of reasonable and maybe are true, some of the best guesses and some of the just far fetched stuff. But like, that is now happening daily. People are going to be posting PlayStation invitation images and PlayStation announcements that aren't real. Which is like surprisingly easy to fake because they just used a regular font and they put it over a shot of like a night sky. And I was like, yeah, that's that's believable. If you're looking to make some of these fake invitations yourself, I recommend getting the font The Rave is in Your Head. That's the PlayStation 4 font. You can find that anywhere on the on the internet. Just get that one and looking make sure you get the uh, font. But if you're, yeah, if you're looking at Not Twitter, um, make sure to like Sorry, check Sorry, Rave is the- in Your Pants. <laughs> Check Sorry. the. Oh, you're right. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> check the Twitter handle because I even, 
even I saw that. I saw that tweet and I was like, oh, God, it's really ha- it's happening. It's happening. And then I saw like you underneath. You were like, love my place, Staunton. And like my, everyone was my, like. My, my Nintendo Swan. Nintendo <laughs> and, 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 and like someone else was like, love my Swanee. And I was like, haha, that's, that's right, guys. Yeah, you can get the, the names of consoles wrong. And it took me, it took me forever to actually right. figure out that it was fake. Yeah. yeah, little cheat code here. Like the, it's the uppercase I's uh, pretend to be L's a lot, mm. number yeah. ones, all that fun stuff. It's just like, yeah, just a quick PSA. Read the Twitter handle incredibly close. Click on the thing. If if it says that they have 600 followers, that's a mistake because PlayStation would never have 600 followers. That'd be an utter failure. That would be abysmal. Yeah, they would not be the top-selling <laughs> yeah. content. And it, like, if you hear "never gonna give you up," um, that's not the bad sign. Yes, that's that means something has gone a goof. <laughs> so be careful. Just yeah, just be careful out there. There's yeah. gonna be a lot of horse apples getting thrown around this year. There was. Uh they announced a Fortnite competitive esports event for PlayStation only on February 15th. And so I saw people trying to tweet around as a joke, like PlayStation event happening on February 15th, but it was the Fortnite esports. So yep. yeah, you're going to see a lot of that going on. Uh, obviously wait to hear it from the official sources. And we have a couple small things to talk about this week from PlayStation official sources that came out uh, earlier today as we're recording uh, the day before you're listening to this. So the first thing I want to bring up is that PlayStation has officially launched a PS5 website page. There is now actually a page for the PlayStation 5 where you can sign up for an email uh, to learn about the PlayStation 5, but the filler text there says, quote, We've begun to share some of the incredible features you can expect from PlayStation 5, but we're not quite ready to fully unveil the next generation of PlayStation. Sign up below to be among the first to receive updates as we announce them, including news on the PS5 release date, PS5 price, and the upcoming roster of PS5 launch games. One, wonderful SEO work on that paragraph. Two, I think this definitely means we're farther away than we thought from yeah. the reveal event. Um, them specifically calling out the information we they know we want with the date launch games and price and saying we're not ready to fully unveil to me says "Eh, not in the next. So there is actually a lot of details here. If we dig into it, this tells us that there will be more than one launch game. Yes, that is confirmed. There will be multiple games available for gamers at launch. Not just snack three. You heard it here first. Yeah. Um, That's all they've we got nothing. officially. Yeah, we have like, nothing. That's where we're at right now. Like that's kind of the weirdness of this console generation. More so in the past, obviously, last gen in February we had the PS4 reveal event. Right now we have a paragraph of filler text on a website. I just I hate this like this like trickling out of information stuff where it's like, hey, we found out what the name of one of the two of the new Xboxes is. Okay, what about the other one? How much is it going to be? What can it do? Shh. Yep. <laughs> What, what's <laughs> PS5 called? Is PS5? Oh, I should ask the better question. Yeah. Uh, that logo reveal, as we've said before on this, the show, was the number one story on the IGN's website that yep. day. Yeah, because I, there were no other stories. There was a couple. It's a slow time of year. They had like a cool TV at CES. Uh, but to <laughs> piggyback off of this, there was another bit of PlayStation 5-esque information that I do think we need to parse the language of a little bit. Uh, during... During, excuse me, PlayStation's earnings called Durning, uh, Chief Financial Officer Hiroki Totoki was asked sort of about the transition and the price of the PS5. They were wondering, hey, can you forecast us on what we can expect you to sell this for? There was a long-winded answer to this question that basically doesn't answer it, but sort of does answer some interesting things. There are a lot of words. There are a lot of words. Um, 
And uh, there's another paragraph that's not quite as related to it. It's sort of about their production cycle, but I will get to the main part of the quote. It's, what is not very clear or visible, it's because we are competing in the space. Uh, competing is the big part there. So it's very difficult to discuss anything about the price at this point of time. And depending upon the price level, we may have to determine the promotion that we are going to deploy and how much cost we are prepared to pay. So it's a question of balance. And because it's a balancing act, it's very difficult to say anything concrete at this point of time. But when I said a smooth transition, uh, referring to the transition between PS4 and PS5, we mean that we will definitely choose the optimal approach and that we would try to have the best balance so that we will be profitable in the life, during the life of this product. Which is to say, that's one hell of an earnings call answer. It's just such, it's so many marketing terms that sort of like ultimately mean nothing it's it's very much like you know when uh refer like the common sports commentators are like watching a basketball game they're like sure is a game of two halves you know <laughs> there can be only one winner i mean they're like ups I, and downs they're gonna be ups they've, and downs they've played hard but like you know it's uh, of course what we're hearing is that they're going to be competitive yes and that they are to me it implies they are not totally settled on price like they are willing to move yeah. it depending on the competition, the Xbox Series X. But it is a matter of who goes first. Yeah. It's, it's got to be a dollar difference. Dollar difference. Dollar it's difference. very much being like at a restaurant with your friend and you're like, what are you, you going to order? Yep. Oh, really? I was going to get the cheese. <laughs> I'll order what you're getting though. Well, and the other interesting part of this to me, at least, that gives us some sense of it is that they are willing to have a higher price point but they know that that means they'll have to market it more to convince you why it's worth it. Uh, specifically when they say, uh, we may have to determine the promotion that we are going to deploy and how much cost we are prepared to pay. So essentially, we realize we may have to promote more if it's going to be a tougher sell at a price point. But yeah, that's, that's what that infers to me. But essentially, it is a like, hey, we're waiting for those other guys. Just when they say something, we'll, we'll say something. Well, All the right. last time they rolled out with an incredibly high price point, and just kind of stumbled being like, you'll buy it. They didn't. Yeah. People did not buy it. Yep. And so they had to undercut that and price drop the PS3 like that. I think that they are looking at that uh, as a big stain yeah. and trying to avoid doing that again. Um, yeah, I, 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 I have a feeling these are going to be very, very expensive machines. And I think that Xbox's tactic is going to be undercut Sony by having one that's priced $100 cheaper, that's less powerful, uh, than also having one that's $100 more, that's more powerful. And Sony's going to be right in the middle being yeah. like, here's our price. But yeah. um, it does seem like they're not settled yet. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of how much they want to dip into their war chest and take a hit. At launch, um, and we've said this a couple times in the show, but most consoles are sold at a loss, and they make that money back with software and peripherals almost immediately. And so it's okay because it's like you'll probably pay forty dollars more than you should for a controller, but a hundred or one hundred fifty dollars less than you should for a console. And so if you buy a few games, uh, especially digitally, where there's no overhead for them to have to pay some brick and mortar store to keep the lights on, um, they'll make their money back. They'll break even, but that's 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 all sort of a shell game right now yeah so we'll see what happens there yeah hearing such a, a verbose non-answer that is also like using words like competitive is it is nice it, it isn't it doesn't have this like terse cockiness that suggests that they're like you know we're on top of the game we know what we're doing everyone chill out we got you know hold on you know we're in for mm -hmm. a ride it's like i mean <laughs> yeah i think that the fact that they've not forgotten about the ps3 debacle is is very good yeah it, it feels like they know they're this is not going to be a slam dunk win they're going to be on top next gen they've ping-ponged back and forth in the previous generations and i think they see 
we're going to have to deal with what the competition does. And it really seems to me, though, that they are like, we'll really wait to see what the competition does. And I do think we're going to be in a bit of a holding pattern at the beginning of the year. Feels like a game of chicken at this yeah. point. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I uh, do think Xbox will go first. Yeah. Because I think they're bullish about it. What, what's what's odd is that, I, you know, I think that we're all sort of hesitant slash apprehensive of the fact that uh, these consoles will eventually move into a, dare I say it, mobile phone market, right? Where they're basically rolling out a new model every few years, incremental upgrades and stuff like that. I don't know if Apple sits around deliberating over price because they seem to just roll out stubbornly with some big, loud price every year. And then people just pay it or do layaway plans or, you know, like I, I pay monthly for my phone. Yeah, and too. and then like at the end of every year or two, they're like, here's the new one and it's the same price. And I, I never really get that sticker shock of dropping $1,200 all at once. And consoles don't always work like that. But uh, for some odd reason, like mobile companies can get away with these incredibly expensive things. But Apple routinely rolls out like $2,300 laptops. You know, like they put out they the, one of their like MacBooks could if you scaled it got into like what what was it? It was like like twenty grand oh, or something remember, stupid yeah, like that. Some obscene. It was it was laughable. That's obviously for people who work at like Pixar, right? They're like animating a piece of toast. Uh, but the, for for video game consoles, like they're very specific about a price point, and they have to keep it at that exact thing because otherwise, I think people get scared away for the entire generation. Well, I mean, the key difference is you can you can arguably buy a laptop as a work expense or as a thing you need to do, you know, your schoolwork or for your job or whatever. And a phone is a thing that you carry around and, you know, maybe you break it or you you know need it to call your mom on Sundays. But like a video game console is, it's a luxury. It's a yeah. thing you, you can't justify, but it's seeing that we, I feel like we've already moved into that, that sort of iterative model. And it's been very kind of like low key, the sort of the, the, the software has stayed generational. Like we don't have PS4 pro games. We still have PS4 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to have to kind of adapt to that. But what Xbox is saying about there being, oh, it's going to be, you know, what, two years before there are Xbox Series X exclusives, first party anyway. Like that's sort of a different animal where you're getting into, you're, you're moving away from like, if your box says this on the side of it and you buy the game that says this on it, then this will be compatible with it. It's yeah. also such a, like, for me, it's such a, it's such a strange console release year because we're not going to have that, that. Uh, Microsoft versus Sony head-to-head at E3 this year. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be so different. And I'm very intrigued as to what we're going to see from Xbox because I, you know, I want to see everything. I want them to play all their cards. Uh, but then, you know, what does that mean for Sony? Did we not hear anything from Sony until, like, in terms of price point, until after E3? Yeah. It's just like, you know, there's a, it's 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 really interesting to see one company just being so sort of, Yes, this is what this is what we're going to do. We're going to tell you a whole bunch of stuff, and this is when. And then Sony being like, "Ooh, you'll yeah. never know." Right now, we only know in terms of the like promotion cycle of these two consoles is Xbox will be at E3. That is the only thing we can bank on as a time when we will learn about these new consoles. Yeah, everything else is up in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think another thing we can bank on is that probably once again Xbox will have zero impact on Japan as a region. And so that's like right out the gate, like something that they're not going to be competing in. Like hearing investors call quotes come out of that country are interesting because it's like they're still deliberating there. But like that's they they've they already won that territory in terms of that two horse race. They're obviously Nintendo's killing it over there right now. But so is so is PlayStation. Um, the other thing that's very odd is like I, video games are sort of different than laptops and phones in that they scale down to kids like kids want to buy them. And like the idea of I don't know. 
getting my kid a five, my kid's a baby, so she's not getting anything, but getting her a $500, $600 console as a Christmas gift is crazy to me. You know, like that's insane to me. Uh, and so I think that like, they also have to figure out like, how do you get people who like are 16 and want to buy a video game system? Also, the biggest game in the world right now is arguably Fortnite, which is free on phones and it's free on PlayStation. But if you already have a phone, then how do you sell a new device to somebody who can already play it with a thing they have in their pocket? Right. Yeah. You You also, you don't, you don't need the hottest new iPhone. You can buy one from five or six generations ago, or, (laughs) you know, you can buy an Android for even cheaper, you know, buy some third party thing with PlayStation and Xbox. It's like, do you want to play on their new systems? Well, you have to get a, a Series X or its little cousin, or and you have to be get a PS5. I mean, I would say the quality of games on phones has kind of skyrocketed since the sort of launch of last gen or current gen that we're on. Mm-hmm. So, like, this time around, that's got to be something that they're considering to be like, oh, uh, there's people who are playing stuff on their phones that is, you know, it was, it was like, it's like Farmville, you know? Yeah. No, I'm, yeah, I've been playing this game on my DualShock 4 uh, connected to my phone on this, like, little adapter thing called Pascal's Wager which is a straight-up, like, Dark Souls clone ripoff. It feels like something that would have been around at the end of last generation, the very beginning of this generation, graphically. Um, you mean like a game that just came to Switch? Yeah, yeah. Right. exactly. <laughs> and that's it feels totally fine. Like, I could bring that thing on a plane and bring my, use my PS4 controller. Like, that's a stupid way to play video games, yeah. right? It's cumbersome. Um, and I'm a huge idiot. Well, the and important a dumb thing man. is that Sony got 50 of your dollars for that DualShock. They did. Yeah. Years ago, <laughs> some, third, some third party got the clip, and Apple yep. got the twelve hundred dollars for the phone, and yep. everyone wins. Everyone's <laughs> happy. Um, yeah, I, I have a feeling we'll have a few weeks of this sort of like, well, PS Five news may come eventually. For now, uh, even though I think we were all kind of hoping for something early this year, but in lieu of that, like we said, there's a lot to talk about game wise for PS Four going on. Uh, as I mentioned, we'll have Dreams coverage coming up in the next couple weeks. March has Neo Two. MLB The Show, uh, Doom, April has uh, FF7 Remake, a few other things. Resident uh, Evil Resident 3. 3, thank you. And then obviously we get into May with The Last of Us Part 2 and so much else happening. So there will be PlayStation things to talk about, even if they hold back all of this PS5 news from us. Um, one thing I do want to briefly touch on before we jump into what we're playing is something that uh, Max brought up, which is a very fun sort of side thing. Yeah, so I mean, there is this sort of dead time of year, and we don't have quite enough to talk about, and so we spin our wheels for uh, you know ten minutes about how the somebody in a Sony earnings call spun his wheels for ten minutes, and you know what, everyone wins. But uh, the Elden Ring subreddit, the upcoming FromSoft <laughs> game, has been very busy uh, writing about Elden Ring lore of which there currently is none, so they've decided to make some up. And it's the most amazing thing. There's a there's a post up on, on EGM that I thought was just like wonderful because it's sort of documenting how this there's this like I feel like the Death Stranding subreddit was kind of doing this, except we had like two years of trailers and like weird Kojima hints right. and stuff. Whereas Elden Ring has had like one sort of teaser and the fact that uh, George R. R. Martin is involved with it. And so people have invented uh, bosses. Entire, they're like rank the bosses from, like, <laughs> from best to worst. I find this so amazing because so you know we see we see headcanon come out of existing properties, and as you say, even if they're not if a fully fledged game in people's hands, you know, players seem to know enough to to go from something. Mm-hmm. But this is just. From nothing. Yeah, yeah, as the uh, as the story points out from EGM, all we've gotten so far is a two minute and twenty second teaser and an interview from the developers about making this game mm-hmm. from E three last year, and that is it. That's it. That is all that but, exists. I mean, there's enough sort of if you if you're like, oh, what's a FromSoft game and what's what's a George R R Martin lore, and you kind of jam those together, and so there's stuff. There's a character named 
character, I use that loosely, named uh, Glaive Master Hodir, who's <laughs> apparently the first really tough boss. And so people are like comparing notes on strategies. Again, this boss does not exist. There is no lore. No one has said it. If you Google it, it just comes up with a subreddit. And there's fan art. And people are like complaining. They're like, I can't stand the swamp area. And everything. Like, the swamp area sucks. And it's like, it's great because it's like, well, you don't have a new FromSoft game to play. So you might as well just act like you do I yeah. guess you know I, I oh, like wow. lo- I love this so much it's so funny it's, yeah. I love it's it a really cool thing and I think it's again sort of we were talking about the uh, impressiveness of the dreams community they have a game that they can make things in but right now this community who stems from George R. R. Martin fans and FromSoft fans are just making whatever they can in the meantime and I right. think that's pretty incredible yeah no that's um, awesome I should I should join the Bloodborne 2 subreddit and read all that fan nonsense yeah, over there because that sounds great uh, if you <laughs> do speaking of this uh, and then we'll I have another transition ready for that but speaking of uh, this subreddit and this community popping up if there's a community you think that's doing something really cool especially in the world of PlayStation if there's a subreddit or a forum of Sly Cooper fans detailing his family's history or something weird something whatever uh, right into beyond it IGN.com and let us know about those communities because we do want to talk about them and highlight them on the show. Uh, but let's keep the FromSoft train rolling and talk about what we're playing. Brian, what are you playing? Take a guess. <laughs> it's Bloodborne. Yeah, tell us yeah. a little bit about Bloodborne this week. Um, I'm sorry. Well, I, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, no. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have to say I'm glad that we're talking about maybe doing a Let's Play series because I saw you put up a poll on your Twitter the other day. Uh, asking which game you should play, and you didn't list the one that your friends yell at you yep. about every single week, uh-huh. which hurt a little bit. Wait, hold on. We're friends? Yeah. <gasps> All right, the show's over. Bucks. This is great. Oh, damn it. <laughs> no, no, no. Of course we are. Um, the uh, Bloodborne has been defeated. I beat it in six days. Um, when did you Wait, when did you finish it? I started it uh, on a Friday night. Max and I were – Max was texting me about the game. And I put up a tweet being like, ah, damn it, here we go again. (laughs) It's just like the (laughs) opening area. And then six days later, I was like... Oh, this is like your third or fourth run through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But still, like, completely enthralled, just giving me exactly what I'm looking for in 2020, which is like, I don't know, this has been like a crappy year for a lot of people. And I've been in like a weird funk. And I'm doing that thing where I'm like, why don't I play something that's like... Not just comfort food, but comfort food that's like really spicy. <laughs> you know, like comfort you food also, that pushes you back. You have to like hunt it first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like if they were if they made like like habanero scorpions. Yeah, like you had to fight them and you had kill to fight them, them then, kill them. But then yeah. when you beat them, you're like, I'm satisfied. Yeah, that was a good. Um, and so I did a thing this time around where quick PSA: if you've never played Bloodborne, come on, please play Bloodborne. <laughs> but uh, you can't. You can access the DLC, which you should buy because it's amazing. Um, do not wait to beat the game to do that. I did that this time around out of stupidity. I think because I got very excited towards the end. Beating the last boss in the game, uh, or second to last boss, sort of initiates a point of no return. And uh, I rolled the credits. I got the best ending in the game, which I got from eating three umbilical cords in a field like a sick dude. And then... Uh, Credits rolled, started New Game Plus, and then realized, oops, I didn't do the DLC. Everything is a little bit harder in New Game Plus. I think it goes up to, like, New Game Plus 6 or 7 or 8 before it caps out at difficulty. Like, it gets incrementally harder. So you can just keep looking for more habanero scorpions until they're ghost pepper scorpions. Your your PlayStation actually grows legs and then crawls out of the wall and hangs itself with its own cord because it's tired of you. Hey, I did exactly the same thing, but I, I I beat Bloodborne way before the DLC came out right. and I did the same thing with the umbilical cords got the best ending it's like woo um, and then you know and then you still got to play more it's harder yeah. and then you get yeah. to the 
DLC and I sort of wish that I'd had the full package like from the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like tiptoeing through the DLC now. I'm about halfway through it. It's like thoroughly kicking my ass in a good way that feels uh, surmountable. <laughs> if, <laughs> if that's a saying um, where I can go, but I can go in and sort of like kill a bunch of dudes and then level up a little bit back out and go back in. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm on new game plus now trying different weapons, upgrading different parts of it, um, playing with a slightly different fighting style. And it's just like, I just love it. I just love it so much. It's giving me everything I need right now. It's been, really fun max and i text in the mornings about like bosses we're fighting and stuff like that and yeah it's great it's the only game i've ever considered getting a tattoo around yes haven't settled on it yeah but I, that mean like just the, the wheels are turning the one logo would be really cool somewhere so i uh i had a perfect bloodborne moment last night uh i feel like this feels like a weird support bloodborne group cast. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um no, so like I was stuck on ROM for like I, I do this thing where I'll get up into a point where I get stuck on a boss, and then basically when it funnels you into like one area, and you just it, it just it it stops being fun and it gets frustrating. And frequently, I don't know, I play for a few months out of the year, and then I get sidetracked and go somewhere else, and all the progress I've made in terms of actually knowing how to play the game kind of goes out the window, and I have to kind of like you know get back in shape a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I went in last week. I talked about how I beat Rom, the bad spider who was mean to me and I did not like. I did not like to go to the lake to fight the spiders. Beat that with the help of somebody named after the uh, Monkey D. Luffy from One Piece. Oh, yeah. Which is like, again, was just making me think of like those, those pirates from that anime, which is like not Bloodborne at all. Side note the trick with Rom I found this morning when I killed him on New Game Plus is that don't lock on with him. Don't lock ah. on. Which is bizarre because you do that with every enemy. Should've, and then just put yeah. bolt paper on all your crap and just whip him real good. Huh. Anyway, so I got past Rom, and I was like, okay, well, then it's it's fun again. It's new stuff to explore, new stuff to go check out. And then the, the one after that is is basically like a if you made a, uh, I don't know, like a, an entire like centaur praying mantis out of corpses. Yeah, it's hard. And I just like, I was before bed last night, I was like about to go to, go to bed really early because I was tired. I was like, ah, I've been sort of messing around. There's an entire street full of these like, again, they're like treasure chests that are like barfing corpses. It's an entire corpse. It's, <laughs> it's the corpse game? district. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's, it's like, horrible. I, I, it's burned in my memory. Yeah, it's and some of the most horrible, horrible mm-hmm. stuff in that game. And I was yeah. like, like my wife's like, hey, uh, you're going to come to bed? And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to check out this boss. And I'm like, I'm just going to go see it. And I'm inevitably going to die. And I'm just going to get out of there. And then I'm, you know. And I go in. And I kick its ass first try. <laughs> and I'm just like, there it is. There's that. There's Bloodborne. Is I that magic? And I'm just like, I'm completely wired. I'm like, this is probably not a good thing to do before bed. I'm like <laughs> running around the kitchen. I was very excited about I it. I was playing it too. My wife's in the other room yeah. yelling at me. We like, come. We need, we need to get our wives a Bloodborne. Yeah. Like, what is their Bloodborne that they know. can, so that we can play I mean, our Bloodborne? My wife is playing The Witcher on Switch. She's like, I'm going to go in there and try to beat someone at Gwent. I'm like, okay, have fun with that. I'm going to go f- fight this autopsy. Yep. She loves um, Spelunky, right? Yeah. So when Spelunky 2 comes out. So her whole, her whole thing I've talked about this is like she gets she's got like horrible like I don't know depth perception or like idiot's eyes or something but she gets like queasy at the littlest things so if I like scroll through Netflix too fast she's like ah I can't look at that but she will also like totally wreck shop at a 2D game yeah but Bloodborne is like 95% somersaults and moving as fast as you possibly can so it's sort of like yeah. probably not for her why do you yeah. keep rolling yeah. <laughs> it's also never got a, a pro patch there's like wild chromatic aberration nonsense going on and like yeah, yeah it's god it's such a good game though but it's, it's great. so good and I'm like I don't know there's this feeling of like hey I'm making some progress here I'm getting there you know and I'm having a great time and fighting werewolves in a horrible place and getting going to go fight some more. I found out the next part has lots of spiders. So I'm, I'm looking forward to those eight legged 
F words. <laughs> Lucy, have you been playing Bloodborne? I have not. Okay. I uh, actually started, and I know I'm so late to the party, as late to the party as you are with Bloodborne. Uh, <laughs> Kentucky Route Zero. I started. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. I. I mean, I just want to. You know, everyone knows that it exists. Everyone knows it's five. Uh, but I do want to say, if you haven't played it already, now's a great time to pick it up because obviously you can play the full like all of the the acts are all together now it tells the full story um it's such a like a moody beautifully written little game that sort of ooh, it was just what i needed to play this month how you many know? acts are you in i'm only two acts in okay uh but it is it is just so my s word yeah you know what i mean it's just very it's very it's very uh sort of night Vale, uh twin peaksy yeah uh esoteric don't know where it's going to go. Don't know the next place it's going to take me. Want to return to that world when I'm away from it. So I'm really, really enjoying it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It says a lot about all of us that we're playing stuff like that yeah. now. Yeah. And not like Halloween time, but like now in January when you're supposed to be like running or I yeah. don't know. eating healthy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what you're running. Well, uh, uh, you got a Megazord costume? I, I do have a Megazord costume and having a lot of fun in Fortnite. Uh, they have a mode where you just get all the legendary item weapons immediately. There's just no low-level guns, so everyone dies in like three shots. And it's really oh, that fun. kicked and ass. I, and I got I, – my girlfriend was playing, and then she got down to – it was literally a squad of four other people and her left in the match. And she freaked out and didn't want the pressure, so she handed the controller to me. And I systematically was able to take out all four of them. <gasps> and it was this like moment where in the middle of it, it was like I got – one guy down with a rocket launcher i got another guy down with a sniper and i'm in the middle of it and i'm like don't mess this up don't mess this up like you're not great at this game but do this and yeah fine i killed all four of them and it was just like the most amazing relieving moment like, it was oh, so, so it was awesome great. um yeah there have been some really really fun tense moments in that game that i've been loving it more and more uh the more we play see you're um, not depressed you're playing fortnite exactly. That's a fun game. there's <laughs> a field there's treasures yeah. uh there's a uh, my megazord costume and i'm very actually excited for the seasons to change but i also decided to jump back in since it is uh, light on the big release calendar to Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, as I've said on the show, I never beat the campaign. I never played Frozen Wilds. I got very close to the end and then just got sidetracked. So I want to go back through, but it's been so long. Uh, I tried jumping into a late mission, just got my butt kicked. Uh, so I thought I'd start over from the beginning, get used to all the mechanics again, re-explore the story and the characters and everything. And I'm maybe five or six hours in, uh, maybe a little later. And I, yeah, that game, first of all, it is stupidly pretty. I'm mm-hmm. playing on 4K, um, mm-hmm. HDR and everything, which I didn't play when I first played it. And I'm having the same problem I did back then where I can't stop going into photo mode. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I, just, yeah. like, I can't stop taking photos because there are so many amazing moments and there's so much great art design in that world whether it's the enemies or the environment or Aloy or just like these small moments that you can pick up and the fact that you can change the time of day in that world to any moment in the 24-hour cycle and you can just get the most beautiful shots that has uh, like one of the best video game photo modes yeah it is incredible and it playing through that game is just like the stunning reminder of wow this game it's still I think one of the most beautiful games I've ever played I'm, I'm really uh itching to try that game again yeah um I almost 100% of it first time around I, I know I got all the stupid coffee cups and all that the mugs <laughs> yeah um i'm i miss like one part of the power armor which i'm furious about i want to go oh, back yeah. and get um and I, I did the frozen wild stuff i was looking that up after you said that and i realized there is one bit of that final armor that you have to get during a cutscene, not a cutscene, but during a scripted moment right and if you don't get it it's in an area that locks off until you beat the game 
Yes. So I just have to go through the campaign and beat it. Until yeah, 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 yeah. So I probably have so, to do the same thing. No, yeah, it's it's just an interesting thing. Um, I, I can still hear the map music in that game, by the way. Like yeah. When you, hit the, when you hit the button to bring up the map. Oh, yeah. Or lack of music is just sort of like this. That's sort of like haunting. Yeah, it's like this ambient wind chimey nonsense. Yeah, um, it's like if I a cloud could sing. Yeah. Oh, that that's is. beautiful. The, the amount of times I try to set a waypoint only to be like greeted by like some weird slant and Alloy couldn't get up it and, <laughs> um, to, and fake my way up anyway. I like I, I th- that that one was so interesting because again I reviewed it so many years ago, um, but with such a blank slate of a game, like we knew. We knew we'd played it at I'd played it at, at E3 and I was like this looks really cool but you know you you sort of tr- trust an E3 demo to be an E3 demo not, right. not necessarily indicative of a, a full game especially yeah. one of that scope um, and I remember playing it and you know no one else I didn't I didn't know who what other reviewers were playing it and I was just like this <sighs> when you're reviewing a game you're sort of reviewing it in this vacuum and like you, you can only trust your own instincts and your own sort of taste uh and i remember there was just sort of i was five hours in and i was just like this is a this is an amazing game yeah this is this is like top tier yeah and it was such a delightful surprise because again you know i gorilla kind of had something to prove because they'd only made the Killzone series before. I think that was a big part of people going into it, sort of not knowing what to expect. Mm. Killzone's always been like, that's fine, you know? Yeah. So like, it was totally f- for saying that. No, no, no. But, but yeah. especially coming off of Shadowfall, yeah. which I think was technically brilliant, like beautiful to look at, but was not what people wanted. But, it, but even, but even, um, with its, uh, past games you know regardless of quality uh horizon was so different to anything that they'd done before right yeah. uh that was the thing that kind of threw me i was like this could this does, does not feel like it was made by gorilla and it made me really excited for gorilla as a studio yeah. in, a, in a whole new light it did really feel like an evolution for them and yeah going back to it the thing that i've noticed the most is because i do remember playing a large bulk of that game and by the end of where i was playing kind of trying to brute force the combat and just like shoot as many arrows as possible and just take them down instantly. But it really is like you need to set hunting traps. You Mm. need to plan out. And the idea, like even just the first sawtooth battle that you get in the game where you're training, uh, where Aloy is training, and you're like, okay, I think I can put an electric trap here and then here and then draw it around this way and then I'm able to knock off those plates Mm -hmm. once it's down. Like there is this methodology to the combat that is really unique and really fun uh yeah. even when some of the world itself like it's such a flexible and open gameplay style as opposed to the open worldness which i think unfortunately doesn't hold up quite as well as the combat especially when it came out you know two weeks apart from climb anywhere breath of the wild yeah but, i was gonna i was gonna say that's that's definitely an aspect that's weaker in but like in terms of like competing in the 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 mind space for all of us like Horizon totally held its own yeah. against oh, Breath yeah. of the Wild. Yeah. Like the fact that years later we're still talking about it and we want to play it again and like we're itching for a sequel. There's a lot of like open world games that have gone head to head with bigger open world games that we never speak of again. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember them. Yeah, prototype. Yeah. That's a good example, right? Um, but I think I think Horizon really held it down, um, yeah. especially being on PlayStation. You know where it didn't have to go head to head with 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 Breath of the Wild. But uh, playing those those two games back to back was definitely jarring because they do a lot of things different and some things better than others and on each side. Uh, 
but I'm really glad that both of them were tremendously successful yeah. and that we'll absolutely get sequels to both. Yeah, Horizon has sold tremendously well, and I think we're all kind of just waiting for the day Gorilla announces Horizon 2, whatever it gets called. Um, but yeah, I'm having a blast. I am intending to platinum it and at least beat all the way through the campaign and everything. Um, and if you guys are down, I'd love to be able to like talk about it a little bit more if you want to replay some of it. Maybe yeah, later totally. This month. Sounds you great. Can, uh, play some of it. So if you at home also want to play a little bit of Horizon, I think we'll try to talk about it a little bit more in depth. Obviously full of spoilers and whatnot. It's been a few years since it came out, but we'll try mm-hmm. to talk a little bit more in depth about that and hopefully in the future more PS4 games. That yeah, we, we're talking about not necessarily like a full-fledged book club, but sort of revisiting some of the stuff from this generation to not only celebrate the PS4, but also kind of give us an idea of where stuff will go fundamentally in the next gen. Like watching how... Ghost of Tsushima will operate after, you know, maybe revisiting Infamous and playing a few, a few hours of that, uh, checking out Horizon and being like, oh, what could the sequel do? Like, you know, I'll, you know what's, you know what's going to be weird is checking out Horizon after Death Stranding because they're yeah. Yeah. running in the same the engine with engines. the same. Right, yeah. right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think we definitely want to do that. And as Brian was saying, uh, sort of do this on a repeating basis throughout the course of the year when we can find the time for them. But uh, for now, the official Beyond Book Club game of the month is Horizon. So start playing a little bit of that, and we'll definitely talk about that as we get further into the month. Uh, as we wrap up the show, want to briefly jump in, since I know we're running short on time, on one memory card story. Uh, memory card, of course, is our weekly segment where you, the listeners and viewers at home, write in with your weird, funny, wacky, sad, happy, whatever memories of your PlayStation life, and we read them on the show. Uh, we're going to read one this week. It comes from Matt. Matt wrote in to beyond at IGN.com, like you can, with the subject line memory card, and said, Hi, all. With all the next-gen talk and rumors of a possible PS5 event in the coming months, it got me thinking of the PS4 event from February February 2013. I was in college at the time, drawing naked people as part of a life drawing class. We I've were, been there. We yeah, were the al- drawing part. It's less fun than it sounds. Oh. <laughs> we were allowed to listen to music during the class, so I had the event going on my phone, and my professor, <laughs> my professor didn't seem to care. Just the audio and occasional glances were awesome and got me really excited about the console. To this day, I can't hear Monster Hospital without thinking about the pretty reflections and fire and kill zone in a room full of PlayStation logos. I hadn't really been into PlayStation before this, but it's definitely convinced me to jump on board and i'm so glad i did if it's not obvious what were you all doing during the event matt asks also my prediction for the horizon zero title uh sequel title horizon first dawn i was nude modeling for an art class (laughs) and this one guy just kept looking at his phone instead of me which i thought was incredibly rude no uh i was working here i believe yeah yeah 13 yeah so i think we were getting maybe we were getting pings from from people uh, on site you were working here too, right? I was working here, but I remember this very vividly. I was working in the Australian office, and I'm pretty sure our internet was down. <laughs> like, you know, like the old Aussie, like the old adage that Australian internet sucks. <laughs> um, so I sort of just remember seeing, like, like little snippets of it, but not the full thing because it kept going down. Yeah. That's my story. <laughs> Max, you know where... I was at... Rev Revision Three. We're doing Rev Three game stuff, and I think we did like a pre and post show for that. I don't remember. I don't. I don't even know. I was following IGN's coverage at that time because I was. Um, I was in college. I was the editor of my school newspaper at the time, so I was probably like in the office working uh, on the next issue of the the newspaper. Kids news. Yeah, kids news. Mm. Um, all the all the children's news you can read uh, at NYU. But uh, no, so I I remember like vividly watching. <laughs> 
that whole conference via the IGN coverage of it um, because conference watching was always such a big thing that I very much associated with IGN. And we're just, we're just rolling right past it. Um, I'm sorry. Kids News is the funniest Kids thing. Kids News is very good. Uh, it's basically what we do here. The one dumb console uh, reveal event thing I've done similar to this was when the Wii was revealed at E3. Mm. Uh, and they did this like huge presentation for it. It was the first time. So they're showing people like ducking, going crazy, playing Red Steel and like someone shooting and someone playing Wii Sports. I ripped the video file from IGN, downloaded it onto my iPod video and would watch it on the bus ride to school in the months after because I was so excited. Do you remember how many times so on during the launch of the Nintendo Wii you had to jump behind your couch yep. to pick off shots in red steel? No. No, no one ever did that. No. no one ever did that. You sat or like laid down and just did like a quick flick of your wrist and that's yeah. how you played. Um, that game, damn it. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much uh, <laughs> for writing in. If you want to write in for a memory card story, you can write in to beyond at IGN.com with the subject line memory card. And I'm going to keep that rolling with another way you can write in to beyond at IGN.com, which is for our newer segment, That One Thing. We debuted this last week. Uh, but basically, you can write in to beyond at IGN.com with the subject line, That One Thing, and we'll read your the thing in a game that you love that really just stuck with you and made that game such a core part of your love of gaming. Uh, we'll read those out on the show. Obviously give spoiler warnings when we need to. Like with this one, sort of, it's a puzzle solution spoiler, kind of. Uh, this is for The Witness. Barbara wrote into beyond at IGN.com and said, Greetings and beyond. I spent a good portion of my run over the weekend thinking about that one thing in each game I've played, but this one from The Witness was the best for me. My boyfriend and I played through The Witness over the summer, and we'd share the experience by handing off the controller to each other every few puzzles. I admittedly wasn't entirely into the game at first. I thought the scenery was beautiful and the puzzles were interesting, but it was this moment that I'm about to share that pulled me in for the next 60 hours, and again, puzzle solution spoilers for The Witness. As we walked up the mountain in search of new areas to explore, we looked at the river below and saw that it resembled the start of the puzzles we'd been solving. At the same time, we both had the idea to try to trace the river as we would one of the other puzzles. We were in disbelief as we traced the curve of the river and then watched the shimmery little particles glide to the nearest obelisk upon completion. Holy cow, those environmental puzzles were so cool, and we were psyched that the river was the first one we discovered. Great show. Keep up the great work, Barbara. And yeah, that was a big thing for me. I really loved The Witness when I first played it, but that moment where you realize... The whole world is a puzzle. I love that part so much. Yeah. yeah, that is like that is such a that is such a wonderful little thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish that that game was almost entirely that stuff and less of the, like the square puzzles where you're like, "There's a whole world around me, but here I am looking at a little yep. little thing." Yeah, there, there's a level where it goes to for those bigger puzzles that I wish was more part of it. But yeah, there's there's a lot of fun moments when I played that game. The there's one set of puzzles that's just entirely audio based. Um, in there. Oh, I remember. And I remember I could not figure out a, a certain puzzle and I brought my roommates at the time into the room with me and I was like, so it's going like dot, dot, blank, dot, but what if it was dot, blank, dot, dot? And I'm like trying to figure out the way to go and they're just looking at me like I'm insane because it's just a, you see a bunch of reads, like there's no right. puzzle to look at so you're just trying to figure it out and they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> the Witness was such a strange like mishmash of, of, oh God, the beauty of video games. This is like unlike any game I've played before. Oh, you know, like I, I'm suddenly spiritual <laughs> and just like, Oh, I'm so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so stupid. Why can't I get this? Yep. Yeah. My, my wife played that with Alana Pierce who used to be on the show and they, I think they, they were both stuck on something and they just decided to team up and just finish it together. Yeah. And so they had like, they had like, like, crazy people notes everywhere they were like scratch paper they were taking the, little... the community like name thing yeah, yeah yeah no it was that but they were taking um 
pieces of graph paper and cutting them up with like a razor blade to make like little line shapes to try to align them accordingly. And like, I swear if you dig through my like coffee table, like the drawer inside it, you will find like remnants of witness puzzle solutions <laughs> kicking around. In That's there. amazing. Uh, yeah, obviously that game affected us in a lot of those ways and it's great to hear from you, Barbara, that it did for you as well. If you want to write in with that one thing that really stuck with you from a game, write into beyond at IGN.com with that subject line and we'll read those on the weeks and months to come. But uh, that brings us to the end of this episode. Yeehaw. Uh, thank you so much for listening it's and for watching this episode, uh, Beyond episode 629. Beyond is normally live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com, youtube.com slash IGN, uh, beyond, excuse me, and your favorite podcast services. When we're not recording the show, of course, we are on IGN.com making videos and words and wonderful photoshops and all the things that we do here. So please check out all of that. Uh, anything you guys want to tell that you've been working on recently before we wrap up? Silence. Oh, so, no, I just like a lot. A lot. Oh, yeah, no, wait, wait. We did a thing. We did a video over the weekend. It's, it, it was a video version of a, of a very stupid article we did where we photoshopped a bunch of Xbox Series X color schemes and collector's editions that we want to see. Yes. Right. It's very Actually, silly. Oh, also, I, I do have something. <laughs> um, by the time this episode goes live, uh, it'll be on the site. Uh, we got this amazing developer, Adrian uh, Newell. He like tweeted out this whole sort of thread about what it was like to work on a game for four years and it never never be released and just kind of like the heartache and like the highs and lows of that oh, and, wow. and all of the, the crazy journey that he went through. Um, and that will be live tomorrow and I will tweet it out. Uh, awesome. So please, please read it. Because yeah. it, is, it is a journey. That's great. Uh, and also for me, we started a new weekly show. Uh, if you're not tired of hearing me talk about PS5 on this show, uh, Ryan McCaffrey, myself, and Damon Hatfield are on a new show called Next Gen Console Watch 2020. It's sort of set up like a political coverage watch, uh, and we'll be breaking down the newest uh, Next Gen news every week with guests and from the team as well as outside people. So definitely stay tuned to that show. Uh, we had a lot of fun making the first episode, and we're – very excited for stuff we've got coming up in the next few weeks. So definitely keep an eye out for you that. You guys should wear suits. I think we will. You guys should I wear little business happen. suits and look yeah. like you're in the real the real ESPN. Just the top. Or though. the CNN or whatever it's called. Whenever. Grown-up shows. Does it. Kids news. Adults. Kids news. Uh, sorry, it wasn't Adrian Newell. It was Adrian Novell. Sorry about that. Just a correction. Thank you. How dare you. Before we get corrected for next week's episode. Thank you for that. Uh, and anyway, thank you so much for listening and are watching to this episode. Thank you all for joining me this episode. And thank you, Red, for producing this one. Uh Thank you for joining us. And as always, Max, what's in your pocket? I was getting there. I was going to do a, I was going to do a, while he's ramping up. I also want to issue an apology for stating it was January. It's actually February. Sorry. That's true. Yeah. We messed up there. What do you got in your pocket? It's real weird. (laughs) It's our coworker, Dan Parker's house keys. And it has a Lego minifig of his fiance on it. She doesn't have arms and she's wearing a shirt with feces on it. (laughs) It's horrible. What? Wow, what that kids? is that is horrible. Yeah. Did you steal them or were they voluntarily given to you? I'm going to feed his cats. Oh, okay, uh, that makes yeah. sense. Okay. But I, he's, I feel like I was expecting like, you know, loner keys and he's like, here's my fiance with no arms. I was like, all right. <laughs> all right. I'm not, definitely not going to mess with your cats, <laughs> lunatic. Beyond. <laughs> Beyond. Beyond. Beyond.